What's up, everything? Didn't expect to record today, but the St. Louis Blues have just relieved Craig Berube of his duties, and now it is my duty to talk about it. So let's get started, and let's go Drew Bannister. podcast it is late in the evening of december 12th actually technically december 13th in my neck of the woods uh and i am coming to you with a very unexpected podcast uh with the news that craig baruby has been released or relieved of his duties i think is the official terminology by the st louis blues um i'm coming into this completely off the cuff just kind of spitballing um, and we'll go through this and talk through the news, talk a bit about Ruby's legacy, that sort of thing. Um, I tried to get our friend Ian to join us for this. Thought maybe the news of Ruby's departure would be enough to coax him out of retirement. But the fact of the matter is he just doesn't love us. I mean, you know, some, sometimes parents go on and they start a new family and they have new kids and they just, they don't love their old kids anymore, you know, and it doesn't doesn't mean that they're bad people or that they're, you know, reprehensible, although in this case, both are true. But, you know, it does mean that they are happy ruining Christmas. And that's certainly what uh, Ian has been happy to do today. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, um, there's an off chance he'll cameo at the end if he can uh, get his kid to bed. But otherwise, I'm sure we will be reunited before long. But yeah, so pretty shocking news uh that dropped probably about 10 minutes ago as i record this craig Berube being relieved of his coaching duties by the st louis blues um i got a text from ian and all i saw in the preview of the uh link was uh that he was relieved or no all i saw was that it was from the blues and um he uh I knew. I just felt like I knew immediately that this is what it was. Um, just something about the Blues being uh, being tweeting that late, and Ian sending it to me. It just felt uh, it felt right. So let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, let's talk about what this means for the Blues and the organization. What it means for Craig Berube and his legacy with St. Louis and everything else. I think the first thing to say before we really say anything else is that Craig Berube is, you know, in, in, I, I wouldn't, don't even want to say arguably, he is the most successful head coach in the uh, St. Louis Blues history, uh, depending on how you look at things. Um, obviously, he's not the winningest coach or the longest tenured coach by any means, but um, he's the one that won a Stanley Cup and he did so in incredible fashion with the team. Um, he uh, is third all-time in wins behind Ken Hitchcock and Joel Quinville at 206. He is third all-time in points per percentage behind those same two coaches as well. Um, and in the playoffs, he has uh, the third most games won, or the third most games, yeah, the third most games coached and won behind Joel Quinville and Scotty Bowman. So 
Um, you know, the impact that he's had since he took over in 2019 is not insignificant. And while this is, I would say, a pretty shocking move, um, you know, I think it's important that we don't forget the role that he's played in this franchise's history. Uh, as far as why it's happened right now, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons that you can make that case, but I think it's pretty simply that this team is clearly not headed in the right direction. Uh, tonight was a 6-4 to four loss against the Red Wings uh, that came on the heels of a 3-1 loss against the Blackhawks, a 5-2 loss against the um, Columbus Blue Jackets, and a 6-3 to three loss against the Vegas Golden Knights where they failed to uh, prosper from behind, or failed to prosper. I don't know what, it's late. I'm going to say some weird shit, get over it. Uh, but they failed to hold on to a lead and, um, you know, Vegas took over and and Blues really haven't looked particularly convincing in a game since then. Um, I'm sure after four losses in a row, Doug Armstrong is casting his mind back to long losing streaks last season that were uninterrupted and unable to be stopped by Barubi. Um, and, you know, maybe he's just decided it's time. Um, this is a decision to me that you know, we're going to talk, and I'm sure especially when Ian's back, we'll talk a lot more about the long, long-term future of the Blues, but this is a decision to me that is inevitable in the sense that whenever the Blues are next serious contenders again, which, I, you know, I think you could argue right now is quite a ways away, um, Craig Berube wasn't going to be their coach anyway. You know, he wasn't there. He's been here long enough. He has coached enough games that, um, you know, it's just in the in the flow of the NHL. That's kind of the natural progression. You lose guys at a certain time, and and they move on. And coaches are hired to be fired in the NHL, as they say. And you know, Craig Ruby's time would have come. Could he have served out this whole year? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think any. You know, I don't think. I certainly hadn't seen any hotlet you know any kind of hot seat talk about ruby in terms of you know it certainly hadn't gotten to the point that it got to with like the last two coaches mike yo um and you know ken hitchcock where by the time they were gone it was like the, the fan base had turned against them um i would say that ruby was not the hottest seat in the nhl just kind of by popular opinion you know he seemed like a guy who was pretty entrenched here and probably was gonna stay here for you know the remainder of the season at least but obviously doug armstrong has seen something that he thinks warrants a different approach and i haven't even mentioned yet um but the man set to replace him which i, I think is also kind of a surprise for reasons i'll discuss in just a second is drew banister who's been the head coach of the uh, Springfield Thunderbirds, I believe was the head coach of the San Antonio Rampage for at least one season with our organization. He's been in the organization for a bit. Um, I think his official title is interim head coach. So, you know, presumably isn't going to be the long-term. Well, I guess you don't know. I mean, could be the long, long-term solution, but as the guy right now, but I think what's interesting about that move is, you know, I think if you looked at our coaching staff, you would have fingered probably a guy like um, Steve Ott for that role uh, to be that um, interim head coach or potentially the next head coach. And uh, 
they go with Drew Bannister. And I think one of the big arguments you could make there as for why, uh, well, they don't waste any time. He's already been removed from the coaching page. Um, but one of the big arguments you can make there for why they go Bannister over Ott is that Bannister is probably the guy who is best at molding young players, which is most important thing that the Blues can be doing right now. Um, you know, in terms of getting guys like Prunovic, Thomas, especially Kairou going, um, some of those younger guys, Jake Neighbors, uh, Joel Hofer, you know, guys that are very important to the future of this team because, you know, as we've gotten to the point now where the future is all we have again, there was periods this season where it looked like we might at least be a playoff contender, um, by which I mean a, a contender to make the playoffs this season. I think that has largely been eroded. Um, you know, sure, we could still make the playoffs, but I think we're on like a 78-point pace now, so we'd have to have a pretty crazy winning streak. And, you know, I I know that I know that the last time that the Blues fired a coach around this time of year, they went on a pretty crazy winning streak and some crazy stuff happened, but um, I would not count on that repeating itself this year. So um, I think you bring in Bannister to be a guy that your young players are familiar with that can be, you know, an impactful mentor for those guys. I think he's been the coach at Traverse City the times I've gone. So, you know, he even if a younger player hasn't spent a lot of time in the AHL, he probably knows them. Um, he he's familiar with the other AHL talent that maybe will get a look and get some opportunities here, like, um, you know, like a human gang potentially, or some of the defensemen, you know, some of the other forwards that as guys like Rana move out and presumably you get rid of Kapanen and some other guys on one year deals and try to just clear space on the roster for youngsters. You know, that's another reason for the Bertuzzo trade and something that, Armstrong discussed pretty explicitly was saying, hey, we have young kids that we need to see get playing time and Bortuzzo wanted to play too. And that's understandable, but he had to do it somewhere else. It's a it's a transition year. Um, I think a transition year is actually inadequate to describe uh, a team that is pretty obviously in a full rebuild right now. I mean, I, you know, we did the whole joke last year of rebuild, retool, re whatever. Um, the fact of the matter is when you have two years with a top 10 pick um, and you are looking at contracts that you're trying to get rid of for veterans and you're focusing on the future and getting coaches that are good for focusing on the future. That's a rebuild, whether or not you want to call it a rebuild, you know, Doug might not be comfortable with that term, but that's the term that best applies. And um, you know, that's the situation we're in. So did Baruby deserve it? I don't know. You can't say, you 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 can go either way on this. I mean, I think you can look at the roster and say the roster is bad and Baruby couldn't be expected to do a lot better with it than um than he's doing. However, I think you can justifiably look at at some aspects of it and say, you know, there's no reason the team should have a nine percent PowerPoint percentage. That's completely unacceptable. There is too much talent here. For that to be the case, their power play, I, you know, I tweeted this in the, the game tonight. The Blues had the last minute opportunity um, to, you know, kind of get on the power play and potentially push to get a late winner. Um, <clears throat> they didn't, spoiler alert, but, uh, 
they I tweeted something along the lines of they don't even know like they they don't even look like they know what a power play is supposed to do. Um, and, you know, I think that that pretty much sums up a power play that's yeah, I looked yesterday, I think this was second worst in the league behind the ahead of just the Capitals and behind the Penguins, which I texted Ian when I saw that and said, right in the childhood, because those are obviously teams that were very good 10 years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that power play is probably the thing on the team that you look at and say, well, that's the thing that should be able to improve and improve pretty significantly. You know, the, the goaltending, uh, Bennington is starting to slide for sure. Uh, he had a pretty hot start and now he's looking more like the Jordan Bennington we've known the last two years, but he's not, you know, abysmal yet. Um, his, you know, he's had some good games in his last few. Um, didn't have a good game tonight. Uh, didn't have a good game against Chicago or the last game against Vegas, but then the three games before that were pretty solid. But um, you can't really expect the goaltending to be a lot better than it's been. You can't expect anything from this defense one way or the other. You certainly can't expect them to improve um, because they're not good. Um, but uh, you know, the roster construction here is un undeniably a part of the issue, um, but Baruby isn't doing anything spectacular with the roster he has, whether you, you know, you, you can argue all day that the roster isn't great, um, but as much as I just said they're in a rebuild, you know, they're not, they shouldn't be on paper a team that should be bottom eight, bottom six in the league, whatever they are currently. Um, looks like they're, let's see, let me do the math here. They're 27th, or I guess I could just go to league, huh? That would probably be easier. They're in a tie for like 10th place, basically, 27. Um, you know, but they're sliding in the wrong direction. So um, Bannister comes in, he gives them the shot in the arm of any new coaching boost. Um, hopefully he addresses the power play and hopefully he gets the young guys some more confidence. And if he can do all three of those things, pretty successful, whether or not it turns into a playoff year, whether or not they quote unquote, write the ship in any substantial way. Um, you know, this, when we, when we talked about the um, Barubi, um, when we talked about the Barubi hiring way back in 2019, 2018, was that the end of 2018? Right at the, I think it was right at the start of 2019. But when we talked about that, uh, Ian said, I remember partially because it's in the Stanley Cup montage we did, but Ian said, you know, this is a big step, but it feels like it's the end of the beginning of the end of the beginning or something to that effect. Um, and that turned out to not really be true in the way that we expected. Um, but, you know, at the risk of, you know, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it. At the risk of falling into that trap, I think it does say that. It, it does feel like that now. Like, this is a team that has to undergo some pretty massive surgery. Um, we hoped coming into this year, well, you know, I don't think we at the Two Guys One Cup podcast really did hope, but some hoped that, um, you know, that the 
the 2022-23 season, while bad, was an anomaly, at least to some extent, that guys like Pareko and Falk, um, you know, could be better, um, that guys on this team would potentially improve after last season. Well, I had to take a quick call, uh, and to be honest, I'm not sure exactly where I left off, so forgive me if I repeat myself, um, but I believe I was talking about the Blues being, you know, building for the future and the possibility of Bannister having success with getting players more playing time and young players more playing time. Um, you know, the, the rest of the season is is different now. I guess that's that's kind of the big takeaway now is instead of, you know, just kind of riding out the season with Bruby, probably missing the playoffs, probably getting a high draft pick and kind of going from there. Now there's something to watch, something to monitor at least, some story to follow. Um, look and see if uh, Bannister has anything special or if the young players have anything special. You've really got to kind of make a decision on some guys and figure out roles for guys, you know, figure out where um, Dvorsky and Snuggerud will play possibly as soon as next year, um, you know, kind of answer a lot of those questions. So, it certainly made the season more interesting, I think, in one way. Um, you know, it's it's shocking to me, for sure, and a little bit surprising that it happened this way, this quickly. But, you know, I think it's a statement that Army wasn't going to tolerate another long winning streak, and you don't have that many options to change your team very quickly. As we always say, it's easier to fire the coach than fire all the players. Um, I'm sure... Armstrong would be happy to do the latter, um, but since he can't, he's had to do the former. Um, and now the Blues are moving into the Drew Bannister era, whether that's a few games or several years or who knows, could be 20 years and he could be one of the most successful NHL coaches of all time. Um, you know, I think we just don't know right now, but um the first game will be Thursday against the Ottawa Senators, so that'll give us an indication. Um, and Bannister, you know, has will take over. 49 years old. He spent three seasons with Springfield. He guided them to a Calder Cup uh, final, I believe, in 21-22. Um, and, you know, he's um, been an NHL player. He's a younger guy. He's got that connection potentially with the fan base, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it'll be interesting. It'll be very fun to watch. And, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to watching boys hockey for a while, uh, at least to see if there's a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a turnaround, a little bit of change in play style, and uh, especially an improvement in that power play. So um, I guess that'll be it. I don't have a lot more to add. You know, I, I, usually take pains to uh, when something like this happens to just say, you know, we are thankful for what um, the previous person accomplished. And, and in Bruby's case, you know, that almost goes without saying he's, he's the coach that won this team, the cup, he'll have a place in St. Louis forever. I know a lot, he was very beloved by a lot of St. Louisans because he fits that kind of iconic gritty St. Louis blues style so well. Um, and, you know, he's really the kind of kind of coach that you love to play for, that you love to cheer for. Um, and he will be missed, even if this was his time to leave the team. 
and I'm sure different people will have different opinions on that. You know, he, he has a towering legacy here and uh, he will not be forgotten anytime soon. So uh, there's a ding just to annoy those listeners who that really annoys. I thought I had it muted. I did not, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. I guess that's a wrap on the Craig Berube era and it's a wrap on, um, on the St. Louis blues, uh, or that's a wrap on this podcast, I guess, at least for lack of better words, uh, we'll go from there. We'll see how the blues do. I'll report again, you know, maybe after a couple of games, hopefully we can get Ian going here pretty soon. And, uh, the two guys, one cup podcast will be back in full swing. Oh my God. Shut up people. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. If you have listened and, uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. Yeah.